You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Matt Wehmeyer in today, this Tuesday, December 13th, for Anthony Kastrovitz as we are talking Royals baseball with our Royals reporter, Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, a pleasure as always, and uh, let's dive right in. The Royals uh, didn't do a whole lot through the first few days of the winter meetings and then pulling off uh, a pretty big trade with the world champion Cubs, uh, the last two world champions uh, getting together for this trade. Wade Davis goes to Chicago, Jorge Soler, uh, comes to Kansas City. So, uh, Jeffrey, let's do kind of the uh, the pros and cons of Soler. What do you like about him, and uh, what are some potential causes for concern about Jorge Soler? Well, from what we've heard, um, obviously the kid's got, you know, a very high offensive ceiling. Uh, you know, I think, you know, part of the reason this, this trade might have happened, too, is a couple of years ago when the Royals played uh, at Wrigley, uh, they were very impressed with just, you know, the, the exit velocity of, of when he hit the ball, the ball just jumps off his bat. Um, and sometimes that kind of just sticks with the team because they don't see the Cubs very often. But obviously got that great offensive potential. He's young. He's a big, strong kid. Um, some of the downsides of the trade might be defense, of course. Uh, he's uh, described as average to below average. Fortunately for the Royals, they might have the best uh, outfield coach in baseball and Rusty Koontz. Uh, he's the one who helped Alex Gordon become a gold glover. He's, you know, helped Lorenzo Cain become one of the best in the game. Uh, Dyson, Paul Orlando, just, just name the guys. And he's been able to do that. And they feel like they can work with him enough to uh, get his defensive skills up that he could play right field on a, on a fairly regular basis. But of course, the big question is, um, you know, he's never hit for, for decent average or OBP. Can he do that? And, uh, they, they love the power. Uh, but can he get on base consistently? And uh, Jeffrey, of course, assuming that uh, Jorge Soler becomes the everyday right fielder, of course, that's going to compromise somebody else's playing time. That's going to make somebody the odd man out. So how does this outfield kind of configure with Jorge Soler now in the mix? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, they talked a lot in the offseason and during the regular season about uh, moving Lorenzo Cain maybe to right field a little bit more to, to, you know, say wear and tear on his legs and, and moving Dyson and Orlando to center. Uh, that plan probably has been scrapped a little bit. You know, Lorenzo uh, will go back to center and uh, mostly on a full-time basis. And uh, Soler will take right field. Now that uh, obviously the offseason is not over yet, we could have some trades coming out. There's a lot of interest in Gerard Dyson out there. Uh, he's a cost-efficient outfielder with a lot of speed, great defensive skills. Uh, we know there are a couple teams that are very hot on him, so uh, there still could be a you know a deal or two in, in the works for the Royals. Um, they've got five outfielders right now, and all of them were uh, starters at one point or another last season. So something's probably got to give. Yeah, it's a as they say a good problem to have. A lot of talented guys for only so many spots, and as you said. The offseason is still rather young, and somebody could be on the move before opening day 2017 rolls around. So, Jeffrey, the other half of this trade, of course, is uh, saying goodbye to uh, Wade Davis and uh, Davis entering the, the final year of his contract here in 2017. From a dollars and cents standpoint, the trade makes sense. But, again, from a, from a uh, I don't know, a human standpoint, yeah. you're talking about a guy in Wade Davis who was so instrumental – in the 2015 world title, the 2014 pennant. How tough is it to part with a guy in Wade Davis who's been such a huge, huge part of this Royals resurgence the last few years? No, it's just very, very difficult. It's difficult on management, difficult on his teammates. Uh, yeah, they, they don't get to where they did in, in 2014 or 2015 without Wade Davis. Uh, 
especially in 15. I mean, you can just, just go down the games that he, he won in the, in the postseason and bailed them out. Uh, he's just such a terrific uh, closer, one of the most elite pitchers, uh, relief pitchers in the game, uh, and, and a great teammate too, great clubhouse presence. Um, and just one of those deals that when you're in a small market, uh, those kind of deals have to be made. Um, they, uh, last year's payroll uh, got near almost $142 million, and it was leveraged against a deep postseason run. And, of course, that postseason run never happened last year. So, you know, the bill came due, and uh, they've got a, you know, Dayton had orders to, from management to, from ownership, I mean, to trim payroll. And this is the type of deal that's tough to make, but uh, it saved them about $7 million right off the books right away. So right now they're back in a position where you know, maybe even they could uh, make a small move for, for what they call bottom feeder free agents or something like that to – fill out maybe a bullpen spot or a fifth starter spot. So uh, just kind of one of those economic moves that they had to make. Yeah, it's like you said, the the unfortunate reality of being a small market team as, as the Royals are. And like you said, the bill came due. And something had to happen, and I find it, you know, funny that for all the for all the talk and all the hype this uh, hot stove season about Aroldis Chapman and about Kenley Jansen, I would wager that Wade Davis has been better than both of them uh, the last few years. Uh, the guy has been simply incredible uh, for this Royals team. That said, he did have some arm issues in 2016, hitting the DL twice. Um, how much of a red flag was that for Kansas City in trying to gauge his effectiveness going forward? Well, I, I think. And they would never say this publicly, but I think any closer, you know, when you get issues. Now, his issues were in the forearm, and it was pretty far removed from the ligament, so there wasn't a big issue about whether he would need Tommy John surgery. But, look, closers have a shelf time, too. I mean, you just don't know uh, when that, that you know, the ticking time bomb will, will go off. And uh, I, I don't think that was a big factor here. I, I think it was more that he was their most marketable guy that's going to be a free agent after 17. Uh, that they could get the best return for right now. They feel like they have some depth in the bullpen. Uh, that's still an area, obviously, that they've got to improve upon because that was not a, a, a typical Royal shutdown bullpen last year, and now you're losing your best piece. But they feel like Kelvin Herrera can step in for him. Uh, they've got some young kids coming through the system that are going to be thrown into the fire next year. And, uh, again, you know, hate, hate to keep going back to the small market blues, but that's the way life is. And, you just got to deal with it and you got to uh, reproduce within the system and, and get guys in there and, you know, like I said, throw them into the fire. Yeah, you brought up uh, Kelvin Herrera. He seems to be uh, the next in line. You know, you go back a couple of years, you know, it was uh, Greg Holland who anchored this bullpen for a couple of years. You know, uh, he gets hurt, he goes down, in comes Wade Davis, a seamless transition. So, is, is it pretty much set in stone that Herrera is going to be the guy, or does Ned Yost leave it a little bit open for a, a nope. competition in spring? <laughs> nope, no, no openness about it. He is the guy. Okay. Uh, he's, he's the guy who can throw 100 miles an hour, and uh, they've, they've been blessed, like you mentioned, the last couple of years, you know, the old HDH with Herrera, Davis, and Holland, and now two-thirds of that are gone, but you still got a guy. Uh, you know, at the time, they would, they would often say that HGH, they had three closers, and we're seeing that because uh, two of them ended up being closers, and now the third will be end up being a closer. And, um, you know, we'll have to come up with a new acronym uh, with Matt Strom moving into the eighth spot. And we've got a kid, Josh Stamont, or so, uh, who's a 22-year-old, 23-year-old kid who can throw 100 miles an hour, too. Uh, he's probably going to be in the mix next year. But it's uh, Herrera's job uh, at the end to close out games, and they feel – 
pretty comfortable him being the anchor there, and then you just have to build up the setup guys around him. And, uh, you know, Jeffrey, I find it very, you know, kind of fascinating and interesting when you look at uh, what the Royals have done the last few years, the success they've had, and the way they've had that success with, as you said, that lights-out bullpen. In my mind, I don't know if revolutionize is too strong of a word, but in some ways they kind of have revolutionized the maybe not the game itself, but the way that teams approach the game, the, the way that teams approach uh, success and building a team towards achieving success. Do you kind of see it that way, too, that there's so much emphasis now on teams building bullpens and that it's the Royals who kind of started this trend? It definitely was the Royals who started the trend, uh, and it was really – somewhat accidental it was done out of economics more than anything but because they, they felt that they could you know save money uh not giving a ton of money to starters but instead investing some money in their bullpen and that was a cost-efficient way to build a pitching staff and now that uh, and we saw it a little bit two years ago other teams started going hmm if we start to get you know a shutdown bullpen from the sixth inning on if we have the lead after the sixth inning uh, we're golden, and we don't have to invest a ton of money in it. And, you know, you saw the Indians do it last year. You saw the Cubs do it. You've seen the Yankees try to do it. You see a lot of teams now trying to do it. Uh, rather than spend $200 million on one starter, you can take $40 million or $30 million and build, you know, that shutdown bullpen. Uh, it's just a very cost-efficient way for small market teams to do it. Now, you got to have the arms to do it. Um, and, fortunately, the Royals have done that. But uh, you've seen these contracts right now with uh, – uh, around baseball with what closers are getting, you know, $15, $16 million a year, which was unheard of a few years ago. But I think that's the trend, and definitely the Royals started that, and it was based more on economics than anything else. Yeah, it's it's just been it's been fascinating to watch the, you know, kind of the – they've been trendsetters uh, in that regard, no question. You brought up the the laundry list of teams that have tried to, to replicate that formula for success with, you know, uh, some teams have done it, others have not, but a lot of teams are trying. And like you said, you got to have the arms to to have that success. Uh, the Royals have had that, and maybe they can rediscover that again uh, here in 2017. And Jeffrey, uh, to begin to wrap up here, I know that's uh, you know two completely different sports here, but when you when you look at hockey teams, and you look at a team that maybe falls short, uh, if the, if they're a team that makes the playoffs year after year. The playoffs are such a grind, it really wears on them, and it may mm-hmm. affect them going into one particular season because they play so many extra games. Now, baseball's not nearly as – takes as much as a physical toll as hockey, obviously. But still, the Royals heading into this past season had played more games than any team in baseball. Do you feel it caught up to them a little bit? And on the flip side of that, having not made the postseason in 2016, can that actually benefit them to get ready for 2017? No, I think that's a great point, uh, and and we've talked about that a lot with the Royals. Is the the fatigue factor really set in last year? And uh, I, I kind of noticed it from the first day of spring training on. There it, there just wasn't that same type of energy that I'd seen the the two previous years. And uh, and then there was the physical fatigue. You know that there's mental fatigue, and of course there's physical fatigue. And in the, in the physical part, we saw with so many injuries, uh, with so many uh, so many other pitchers who had logged so many innings. Uh, the previous year uh, just started to break down. Eddie Volk has really had a, had a terrible year. Uh, Chris Young had an off year. Uh, you, you mentioned Wade Davis's injuries. Uh, there's no doubt that the, the stress from the last two years of throwing so many innings uh, probably weighed in there. Um, and, you know, Ned Yost and I talked about this during the winter meetings that having a full off season this time should allow them to get back into their normal conditioning program 
normal rest program. Um, I fully expect uh, them to come back and make another run to, to compete for a championship in 17. Yeah, it's going to be a loaded uh, AL Central for sure with the reigning league champion Indians. The Tigers always in the mix, and the Royals want to get back to the mountaintop, that's for sure, and uh, it'll be an interesting race in 2017, no question. Uh, Jeffrey, that's a great place to wrap things up. Our thanks to Royals reporter Jeffrey Flanagan for his time today. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.